Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hey there, this is Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. I am your host, Nina Perez, and we are here to discuss life topics to challenge and transform your thinking. Let's do this. Today, I have someone here who I am so happy that she is here and that we've connected. Her name is Monique De Leon. And she felt the call of God in her life to do worship at the age of 12. So Monique is a teacher and an author of Pursuing Purity Under Pressure. We're going to get into that. So she speaks to in women's conferences, at youth groups, in college groups, campuses, um, in seminars, workshops, Bible clubs, all over. So I am so happy to have her here because these are the kind of conversations I don't hear a lot of, but want to hear a lot of. So Monique, thank you so much for being here on Straight Talk. This is really great. I'm glad we connected. And so the way I like to start the show for my audience, because people are listening and they love to hear great content. And I know this is going to be one of those. So please let us know a little bit more about yourself. Okay. So I am Monique DeLeon, as Nina said, born and raised in Southern California. Um, I'm the youngest of five. So grew up in a big family and um, not everything was always easy, but mm -hmm. I think my faith is what I was able to cling to. Like my dad was an alcoholic. My parents divorced when I was seven. My mom raised the five of us by herself. Huh. Um, but faith is something that she always instilled to me at a young age. And so now currently I discovered it's about singing. I like to sing. So I travel internationally as well as nationally leading praise and worship at different events. Oh, um, I wrote a book. I'm working on my second one as well. Uh, I'm an online course creator, created some online content for people to help them grow in a relationship with God, just to gain more knowledge about him. And I travel speaking as well. So that's what I do. Wow, you do a lot more than I thought you did. Okay, let's get into this. <laughs> so was that tough? I mean, I was kind of uh, raised in a, a Catholic home. Um, okay. I, I now I'm, I'm a Christian, but I, I it's kind of weird to say because Catholics consider themselves Christian. But I was born and raised Catholic. And mm -hmm. um, I, I didn't feel a real connection to God. I knew there was one. I just didn't feel a real connection to him because I always felt like I was going to be punished or whatever, because that's how the Catholic religion taught me anyway. Right. The nuns were constantly hitting me with the ruler, you know, <laughs> So, um, and I struggled, you know, growing up because I had a lot of bad things happen to me and it was very difficult to have that connection to God, you know, because mm -hmm. I felt like he abandoned me or he didn't love me. Or then I get, went through a little bit of a, a stage in my life where is there even a God, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So being so young and seeing that, right. Dad's an alcoholic and now mommy's doing this on her own because it's hard being a single mom is hard. I did it, but I did it with two. I cannot even imagine your, the strength of your mom doing it with five. That's hard work. Yeah. Right. How did yeah. you maintain that faith? Right. Because you were little, so you probably, mm -hmm. I don't know if you felt uh, a presence of God when you were little, but I'm just wondering if you went through a challenge with that, right? Like say right now, my audience who's listening has some younger children in their home, or maybe somebody who's young is listening, right? 
you know, what yes. do you say to those challenging moments? How did you get through that? Yeah. So I think, um, ever since I was little, something that my mom always did was she taught me about faith from a young age. So while I was going to church, things about God were always reinforced at home, which I feel mm. like a lot of times they're not. So I was able to learn and discover about God for myself. So it wasn't just, I'm, you know, my mom's faith, but I developed my own. And at a little age, my mom used to memorize scriptures with me and she would teach me the Bible and stuff. And so it really built a faith in me, how that God can do anything. And I remember when I was four years old, um, I talk about this in the book, how we had a cat and the cat got hit by a car and the neighbor saw, and the neighbor brought our cat over because the cat was dying. Like it was bleeding from its mouth, from its anus. It was vomiting everywhere. Like it was really, mm-hmm. you know, serious. And the neighbor was like, I'm so sorry. Like I, I saw it and I just want to bring you your cat. And my mom, she just looked at me and she said, Monique, we don't have money to take the cat to a vet. So I need you to pray for the cat. And I prayed for the cat and I just asked God to heal this cat. And immediately the cat jumped up. It was completely fine. Nothing wrong. And it was like a miraculous thing. And things like that, when I was little, I would experience and know that God is real. And it's because my mom really instilled things of God into me. And that's what's helped me through these years. Now, there was a period probably in my 20s where I didn't like, like you said, you always knew God was there and stuff. And I had this amazing relationship with God, but there was a period and I really don't know what I was going through at the time, but I didn't pray. I didn't read my Bible. Like I just stopped and I just stopped everything. And one day I just decided, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and pray and talk to God. And when I did, it was just like this overwhelming feeling of love. And I just heard on the inside, like, you know, God speak to my heart. Cause I was like, God, I have actually totally missed this. Like, you're actually amazing and you're really real. And I was like, God, I've totally missed you. And then I just, on the inside, just heard God say back to me, but oh, how I've missed you. And it's one of those things where I feel like that that really is what it is. And people don't realize how God really is there. And he misses us when we don't come and spend time with him and try to learn and develop a relationship because he's always ready and wanting us to, but yes, things in life happen and people get derailed sometimes. And, but I just think people need to remember that, you know, God does see, and he, he cries right along with you, those tears and he sees what's happened and it's broken his heart. And he just wants you to run to him so he can restore and to heal and put you back on the right track. That's so. so good. You know, you said something really powerful there too, right? Because you said that, you know, your mom, you didn't only have God or the 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 view of God at church, but you also had it at home. And you're right. It's not always that way. And that's what causes a lot of us to derail. Yeah. Because when you go to church, right, it's like your parents or your guardian or leader, or whatever, have like a dual life right Mm -hmm. like in church they are like the person to go to they're amazing they're fun they're whatever whatever and then they get home and they become these like you know uh mean people right like they start yelling at you and screaming at you and you know doing things and you're just like wait so what are we doing here right and and i think in humanity right in humanity we're like that right we know how to turn something on when we're going to the boardroom and how to turn it off when we're coming home right and we do that a lot with our faith. And we have to be careful with that. You're, you're so on, you're so on point with that because, um, and you know, kudos to your mom too, right? Because that's a very hard thing to do to go to church and be the same as you are going to be at home 
when she can be at home bitter because she's safe there, right? She, mm-hmm. she can be herself yeah. there if she wanted to, to be in that place of bitterness and anger and remorseful mm-hmm. and right. So that, that's, that's, a, that speaks volumes, right. As to why you are where you are today. It's that scripture that says, you know, raise them up in the way that they should go and mm-hmm. they shall not depart from it. Right. You're like yeah. a prime example of that. Because I think that if we live our lives, you know, really being aware that we should not be hypocrites, Mm -hmm. that's going to help us a lot in our journey. Yeah. Right. What do you do? I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say it just, it really is so important that um, parents, you know, just put things in like spend time with your children reading the Bible or spend Mm -hmm. time with your kids praying, like let them see you because my earliest memories are my mom on her knees praying and crying and I'm sitting on the bed with like playing with a Barbie doll and you know what I mean? But it's just something that I always remember. Like these are my earliest memories of watching her serve God and just seeing the example that she was. So thus the impact was very strong for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you find that your siblings experienced that as well? I mean, you're the youngest, so you probably were around mom a little bit more maybe. Did you find that they saw that as well? the, The strength in her when it came to faith? Yes and no. Yes, always. But I think it wasn't until I was um, like at that age when she kind of rededicated her life back to God type of a thing. Mm -hmm. So she didn't have the opportunity to do with them what she did with me. And so as far as like, because, you know, I was the youngest and I'm kind Mm -hmm. kind of quite spread apart from my siblings. So when they were all at school, I was home with her Mm -hmm. type Mm -hmm. of a thing. So she had the opportunity to be able to do that. And I know that's something that she missed and she was bummed that she, you know, just in that time in life, you know, wasn't able to do that with them, but they still very much like know, and they come to her if they need prayer for anything. And, you know, because they know my mama has faith and when she prays, like God hears and, you know, so, you know, so her and I, you know, we just pray for them, but um, they know it's there, but it's just still something. I think they didn't have that. They've all had their own encounter with God definitely mm-hmm. in their teenage years. But, you know, when you've got friends and other things pulling at you, sometimes those things are able to pull you away from God if you're not solid within your own self in a relationship with him, if that right. makes sense. Yeah, it so, does. It does. Yeah. Now, what what happened when you were around 20? How did you, you know, what what was it that pulled you away a little bit from, from that um, relationship, um, that close relationship, I should say? Yeah, I just, I don't remember what I was going through at the time. And, but I just decided like, I just wasn't going to pray and or read or I was still going to church and stuff. And I was even still singing at church and everything. But I just, for this season, whatever reason, I just stopped and doing right. the things that I normally was doing. And it's just an example that I could see how, yes, it, you know, it could happen to anyone and, and it does happen to people where they just easily can get pulled away. And of course things always happen little by little mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. not just really an all of a sudden, but there's things that happen little by little. And it just was a period of time where I just didn't do anything and read and pray or nothing. And then, you know, and that's just where we see the, the goodness and the mercy and the faithfulness of God, where yeah, he's right. always ready to receive and he's always ready when you come to him to bring you back. So 
that's something I learned. That's so right. That's so right. Um, And even if you're and you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is even if you guys are, are listening right now, and you're thinking to yourself, yeah, but it's been a long time, it doesn't matter. I mean, a a, a thousand years here is a day in heaven, it doesn't matter. matter. You know, so um, I tell people that all the time. um, You know, because I I never, I, I have no qualms about saying that I'm a believer and that I believe in Jesus Christ I have no problems with that you know what I'm saying like some people yeah. will hide it they'll say oh you know yeah no no, no I am 100 yeah. percent you know yeah. <laughs> like saying it's working on me though Monique I got yeah. a lot of issues <laughs> he is working on me but um so tell me about um the fact that you're, you know, kind of teaching now. And um, I know you said you were worshiping as well. Um, mm-hmm. And you do a lot of women's conferences and stuff. So we'll start with like one thing. So you you do women's conf- conferences, but you also do youth groups in college mm-hmm. and all of that. So let's start with the youth. What exactly is it that you like to teach the youth or pour into them um, when it comes to anything that you're teaching, I'm not sure exactly the, yeah. you know, what topic, um, just, but. just teaching them and about God and their relationship with him and giving them that understanding and helping them to develop that at a young mm-hmm. age, which would okay. save them in later years. Because, you know, I, cause I was a youth leader myself at my church for four years. So being able to pour into these young people and explain certain things in the Bible and help answer questions that they may have, because they're constantly in environments that are contrary to yeah. what God is saying. And they're constantly being taught by people that don't love God, that don't know God, that don't even care about God. So trying to reinforce certain things of scriptural truths in their lives, being able to apply to it. And I know this personally because I went to a public high school. I went to public school my whole life. And so I was met with certain things. And so wanting to be able to give them tools of how to combat when someone says something about you or, you know, an, an atheist of how God's not real and how to respond and just to teach them and how, you know what I mean? Like when you have these encounters with people, it's okay, but you got to know like what, um, I believe it's first Peter chapter three talks about how you always want to be ready to give a response for the truth that you believe, but to, to know, you know, about God, to be able to give a response when someone asks you and questions you about your faith that you're ready to be able right. to say, no, this is why I believe this. And I don't agree with that. And this is why, and to be able, so I wanted to help equip young people to be able to do that. So to be able to speak into their life and give them an understanding of what we believe and why we believe it mm-hmm. and that it can make sense for them. Cause unless something makes sense to you, you're not going to really be able to hold on to it. So if you don't have an understanding, you know, you're not going to be able to know what to say when someone comes against you saying something completely opposite. So that's why I like to really yeah. speak important to the lives of young people. And that's so important, right? Because it's their foundation. It's what they stand on, especially as they start to grow. Like you said, even in school, college, college is really tough, you know? Yeah. Yeah. College is super, super tough. And all of the pressures come in, right? Because everything Mm -hmm. now, uh, unfortunately is sexualized and, Mm -hmm. you know, and made to look so amazing and wonderful and you're free to do and be whomever you want. Um, so that can be a bit of a challenge, right? Because you want to learn to love people where they are, but you also want to give them a foundation that is truth. And yeah. that, you know, that's a, that's a hard balance, right? It's a hard balance because 
pretty much the world is against your message, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, and I mean, that was not, that's always clear as, as a Christian, right. That God yeah. said that the world will be always against, they were against him first. Right. So, yeah. uh, so sometimes when you go through that, it's a little bit of an ouch situation, but especially yeah. if you're young, so that's yeah. great that you're giving them weapons and tools to mm-hmm. use. Right. Because yeah. that, we miss that sometimes we miss that. And even as adults, sometimes we don't know how to defend our faith. Yeah. We need it also. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And so I've gotten then maybe in the last like year and a half to two years, I've gotten a lot into apologetics and just kind of learning the true foundation of what my faith is and why, why do I believe that? And what's the evidence of that? You know, and it's been fascinating to learn that it's not an emotional response. It is literally a logical response when you start to like really go dive in and discover why is it that I believe? Is it because my mom told me to? Actually, no. Like you, I found my faith myself as well. Right. And you do that through discovery, discovery of the word, discovery of the truth. Right. So how do you then transition what you're teaching these kids into these women groups? Right. Because now their level of um, of learning is a a little bit more broad. Right. And they also probably have a lot more really hard hitting life challenges. Not that not that the youth doesn't, but it's different. Right. So how do you transition the teaching that you're doing to the women? So even even when it comes to ladies, because you know, we as women and, you know, God has designed us this way. We're, we're more the nurturers. We're a bit more emotional, a bit more sensitive and emotional is not necessarily a bad word either. Right. But, um, but just really, there's just something that, you know, God loves women and there is just something, such a resolve that God has put within women. And I, I did a, a podcast about this for mother's day and just saying how, you know, a lot of us are the results of a praying mama or a praying grandma. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things. And, you know, and because the women are like going on missions trips the most, the women are the ones that show up at prayer meetings the most more than men. Like there's just something within women that is such a sensitivity to the heart of God. And so wanting to see women flourish and to be able to be bold and strong and stand and to pour into this next generation of women is so needed and vital. Mm -hmm, It's like mm -hmm. the Bible talks about in Titus, how the older women are to teach the younger women how to be moms, how to be wives. And so just wanting to, even though I'm not a wife or a mother, but I've been raised by a really strong one whom, even though she was divorced, but just the things that she's poured into me that I see as a result my life because of what she did and what she taught me. And so that's why I just always want to encourage women about pouring into the children, pouring into the next generation of women that are coming up below you. Because, Mm. you know, as adults, these ladies that have gone through things, they got a lot that they could teach this younger generation. You know what I mean? And so there's so much wisdom. And I feel like a lot of times the older generation doesn't take the time to pour into the younger generation when there's so much that can be learned from them. So there's yeah. so much value in what they've even gone through and experience that they can pass on. And so that's why just my encouragement admonition is to them to do so and just continue to stand bold and strong because you're needed. Like women, you are needed in this life to be able to speak into the next generation. Do you ever like have to um, address the topics of... Because uh, you just mentioned that you were not married and you're not a mother, right? You just said that? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. just to make sure. Um, 
So how do you uh, encourage uh, women who are single, right? And and would like to get married, um, but but aren't or don't have a partner. I, I've spoken to a lot of like single women who tell me it's a, I'm married 20 years, but they tell me it's a really big struggle for them, you know, to, yeah. um, to, to be single um, or to not just, you know, um, be in a place where they are desperate enough to just go with whatever guy comes around as opposed to waiting for the one that they feel is the right one for them. Right. Do you speak to that? Do you ever, you know, address that kind of issue? Yeah. Yes. I talk about that in the book, especially because, um, as a single woman myself, never been married, have no kids. Um, there, you have to learn to be content in your singleness. And I think a lot of times we haven't that people get married for all kinds of reasons. Okay. People get married because they're lonely because it's convenient, mm-hmm. because they're pushing 30 <laughs> or like, do you yep. know what I mean? Like, yep. and these are reasons like you should not marry for those reasons. And so because of this, I think that's why we see so much divorce because, you know, people just want to be married for the sake of being married. Yeah. And instead of really learning about your own self, because I, I am a firm believer that you have to know your own heart and know your own self and learn to love yourself before you fully can devote yourself to someone else. And so a lot of times people are not healed before they enter into marriages, thinking that will heal it when that won't, when that'll actually lead to its demise. So just encouraging as a single woman in her late thirties, you know, understanding this and the pressure and, you know, people making fun or like just all the experiences that come along with it, being in your late thirties and still single. Um, just wait like it is better just to learn to be good with yourself and to be content so because if I really wanted to be married by now Nina I could have been done married by now like right. the opportunities and that have come my way like I, have really I know you're gorgeous so I'm not so I would not be surprised thank you, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. that I'm speaks like, volumes know, you know but no yeah. I'm waiting I don't want to settle I've yeah. seen girlfriends who have settled and they have mediocre marriages yeah. And it's yeah. like, I don't want that. And I, I refuse to settle. And it's not that I have these unrealistic expectations, but no, I just refuse to settle. So right. that is my encouragement to singles. That's amazing. Sure. That's amazing. I have a friend of mine who um, believed that way as well. And she was uh, basically in her mid 40s before she met her husband and they had a phenomenal marriage uh he passed mm-hmm. away of, of of cancer but um and in only nine years into their marriage but um she waited no kids yeah. she waited you know she wanted yeah. the guy and she got the yeah. guy you know he was amazing yeah. um so uh but it was tough and I remember going through those kind of conversations you know with her where she was mm-hmm. like this is really not that easy. You know, she's a believer as well. She's like, this is kind of tough, you know? And uh, one thing that she mentioned that I I also wanted to talk to you about is how, you know, to be, because you just said, no, you have to love yourself first. And then that made me think of um, some of the women that I've spoken to who have gotten into those bad marriages or bad relationships. And even though the red flags were there, like tons and tons of red flags, Mm -hmm. you know, they were like, it's okay. No, right? uh, <laughs> it's, we'll, we'll fix them. Right. When we get them, we'll fix them. <laughs> Cause uh-huh. we always think we can fix everything. Um, yeah. So do you ever find yourself 
looking over any flags or the opposite of that, making a flag where there isn't one. You know what I'm saying? Like, because yeah. I think sometimes fear can set in too, right? Like you don't want to make the wrong decision either. You know, you're like, wait a minute, the guy I'm going to marry has to be the guy for me. And that's, you know, somebody who's going to, to be with me for the next 50 years. Right. Mm -hmm. So do you ever like try to check yourself too, to make sure you're not doing one or the other? Yeah. So I have even just been in relationships where yeah. There were red flags and roadblocks that I was just jumping over and uh, <laughs> ignoring. Ducking, right? You're ducking, getting through. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> you know, and there have even been some clear times that praying about it, like God had told me no, but I still went ahead anyways. And because not of God, that, right? I, that's not God. That's not God. <laughs> you know? And so because of it, endured some real heartache. And yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? It, it just, yeah. it's one of those things where it doesn't matter. And I know I've been there where he's, he's so cute and he's funny and he's successful and he even loves God, but it's just still not the one for you. Like it's yeah. one of those things. And too many times I think women do get trapped in like, but he's all these amazing things, but it doesn't matter. Cause on the inside, you really know and have a knowing, like there's just something that's just not mm, right. We try to ignore that. And okay. I did that and I was almost engaged because I stopped this guy from actually proposing because I knew he was getting ready to propose. And I just, first time I met him, I thought like, oh, he's cute, but nah. And then right. the second time I met him, we had another conversation. I was like, oh, well maybe. And then, you know, you start rationalizing. When you yeah, start yeah, rationalizing, yeah. instead of listening to that instant instinct that, you know, God put there right. and that's what happens. People rationalize right. and- then, you know, years go by and, you know, you really realize, no, this really wasn't the relationship I was supposed to be in. So, right. yes. That, have, and that's hard, right? Yeah. That's hard too. Because if mm -hmm. you're invested in that relationship and then you realize it's not the right one, that's a hard decision to make, right? It's really about loving yourself enough to know that you have to make the right decision, even when it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. Because if, if he was about to get, you know, propose, that means you guys were pretty serious. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah. that's a hard decision for you to sit there and have to make saying, okay, wait, I have to do this for me. You know, I'm yeah. valuable and I don't want to be in something that I'm not going to be valued or it's not going to be a good marriage. Right. Yeah. Cause I just, you know, I had no peace on the inside and I was right. just so bothered by it. And, you know, it's just because it's like God can see up ahead where we can't. Right. And a lot of times, He's trying to help us avoid pain and avoid wasting time and mm -hmm. heartache and even money. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, and, and I'm glad I didn't get to that point because I have had two girlfriends who broke off engagements like weeks before the wedding. Mm. And they're so glad they did that they didn't go through with it. But of course, you know, it was like just so much drama and just, you know, breaking off a, a lot of pain. Yeah. Yeah, and even heartache for the guy. Like, so it's just one of those things. I'm glad I didn't allow things to go that yeah. far. I know people have, but um, it is. It's tough because you don't ever want to hurt someone, you know, on purpose or. But it's just a decision that you still have to make. Do you um have someone that um coaches you or mentors you or guides you as well? And the, here's why I'm asking because you have to also be careful that you don't develop some sort of fears yourself, right? Where now you question everything, right? Yeah. Because um, you've never been married, right? You've never been married. And, and so um, 
I know that marriage is tough. <laughs> marriage is hard. I've been married 20 years now. So it's Yay. hard. It's my second marriage. Amazing oh. marriage. Hard ass marriage. <laughs> it's, had its, it's had its hard ass times. I'm sorry to say. Um, but, <laughs> but we are in a phenomenally amazing place. And it's because we're believers and we both came to God pretty much around the same time. And we've learned to love, honor, and respect each other. But it was yeah. hard, Monique. And mm. sometimes when those times come at you and you and they get hard, you even question it then. You know what mm. I'm saying? Like, gotcha. what am I doing here? Why am I married? You know, why is this happening? <laughs> <laughs> what is happening right now? But, you know, like, then you realize, you know what? Nothing's going to be easy and nothing yeah. is going to be smooth and you're going to have your bad times. You're just gonna, it just yeah. is. Right. So mm -hmm. are you, are you feeling like, are you waiting for like, um, like a confirmation and a feeling that this is the right thing? Or are there certain criteria that you're looking for in that uh, partner that you feel God is creating for you? Um, I guess you could say both. Like there okay. are certain things in particular that I feel are like non-negotiables or certain things that I'm looking for that I know with what the things that God's put within me, a mm -hmm. man who'll be able to come along and compliment that um, as mm -hmm. far as like, you know, my gifts and callings and what I'm called to do, but definitely seeking God. And that's why I'm not married because, you know, I've been in relationships and prayed about it the whole time and asking God and you know, I believe that God is actually quick to let us know if we're listening. A lot of times we want to ignore, you know, him sometimes. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's the reason why, because I feel like what I've learned and come to understand is that my marriage is not for me, that my marriage really is for him and the future generations are going to be birthed through me. So and good. so that's why it's going to be something that I'm going to need clarity from him to let me know yes or no on this you know, individual and also not going into marriage with an expectation of perfection. And I think a lot of times us yeah. ladies, we tend to fantasize and think that. Yeah. That's why I was asking. That's where I was going. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. So I've learned that, you know, not to expect perfection. Yeah. Um, you okay. know, you've got two different people with different personalities coming together and being under the same roof. Like there is probably going to be some friction sometimes, but <laughs> Learning to, um, as I, I've heard it, but something about like um, managing uh, disagreements, arguments, learning to do it well. Like it's yeah. okay, but learning yeah. to do it well. And so, and that's where the lines of communication always need to be intact with yeah. one another. And so that's something that I have an anticipation of that I'm not always going to agree or right. we're going to disagree. And, and that's okay. And even if I'm frustrated, that's okay. This is the person that God has put in my life for a purpose. So I'm going to love and respect him no matter what. And so wanting to establish and have a great marriage because I did not see a great marriage. You know what I mean? And so I want to be able to have that that's for good. my future children. So to make sure that knowing that, and I think that helps with security as far as like, this is the one that God was like, yes to, and mm -hmm. there's a yes for a reason. So knowing that and having that is something that I always can go back to and go, okay, God. And, you know, obviously with God's help that, you know, your marriage can survive through anything um, as you both are willing and wanting. And um, so that's kind of the view that, that I see 
it in. Okay. That's good though. It seems like you've thought about this. You've really thought mm-hmm. about this and you thought about the process and what this means to you. And that's amazing, right? Because like yeah. we were talking about just a few minutes ago is that, you know, we both know people that have gotten into marriages that have been hurtful to them because they mm-hmm. just had to get married. They just had to get married now, you know, um, and that it, that can be very painful. Whether you're a believer or not is irrelevant, yeah. right? At that point, yeah. hurt is hurt and a bad yeah. marriage is a bad marriage, right? Yeah. So before I'm, I let you go, I do want you to talk to me a little bit about the pursuing purity under pressure. Um, yeah. Because I don't think that's something that I've heard too many people talking about. So I want you to like break that down just a bit for us about what is your book about? What is, what is pursuing purity under pressure? Okay. So I wrote it because I recognize the very over-sexualized culture we're in. And as someone who, so I'm 38, I'll be 39 next month and I'm a virgin and I'm waiting until marriage to have sex. Good so as someone who has been raised in a sexualized culture, learning how to avoid certain things and when temptations come and not giving into the pressures of society, of the culture mm-hmm. that we're in. And so that's basically what the book is about is to help bring encouragement to people whom are virgins like me and or people that are just now remaining abstinent or just deciding from here on out, I'm going to wait until marriage. So bringing that encouragement and how to you know, live this out in a very sexualized culture is what the book really is about. So oh, it's for good. singles, for adults, and for young people. I have a, a whole chapter in there. It's called Dating Over 35. So it's designated for my older singles like myself, how uh, this is not just relegated you know, to young people, but just helping people to so see good. the blessing and the benefit of abstinence and of waiting until marriage and really bringing for people who are church people, the understanding why, like, why is God asking this of me? Why is he asking me to wait until marriage to have sex? Because I think a lot of times where I feel like the church did not a good job was they told us not to do it, but didn't tell us why. And so when you have the why, the understanding it helps you make better decisions. And so that's what I wanted is to really bring the why behind and explaining how sex is three parts. It's physical, it's emotional, and it's spiritual. And so really diving in and just giving people an understanding of the why behind the weight and the benefit of even just from a natural standpoint, you know, saving yourself for marriage. So as someone who is currently living that out, you know, I could speak to that. So So that's what yeah, I and, and that's amazing. No, really, that's that's a that's a beautiful gift that you are going to give your spouse. That's a beautiful yes. gift that you're going to give your spouse um, because I, it's just not common anymore, unfortunately, yeah. you know, and it is a gift from God. Sex is a gift. Right. I mean, we've we in society have perverted it. Right. We've yeah. made it things that it shouldn't be. Um, and, you know, but it is a gift. It's supposed to be a gift shared between, you know, a husband and wife. And it's supposed to, to bring forth life and pleasure yeah. and love. Um, and, you know, uh, unfortunately, that's not what it's thought about when we think yeah. about it anymore. Um, but that's awesome because if it, it feels to me like you're trying to capture the true essence of what it is. And when you find that uh, the one that God has created for you, that's going to just be such a beautiful moment, right? And it's going to be a beautiful legacy that you leave with your children and your children's children, you know? So good for you, man. Good for you. Kudos. Kudos to you. Good for you. I'm really, really, um, you know, I'm proud of what you're doing. I'm proud of your message and I'm proud of how you're teaching it to others and impacting their lives in a different way, right? Just, Just showing them that there is a different way. 
It yes. doesn't all have to be the way society says, the way the media says, the way social yeah. media says, right? But that you yeah. can be proud and honor your faith, honor your walk, honor your virginity, honor mm -hmm. your relationships, right? Without feeling shunned or um, rejected or any of those things. And even if you are shunned or rejected or any of those things, if you, tr if you really stand in the true essence of who you are and who's you are that transforms everything doesn't yeah. it it does yeah it, it, it does so it, amazing it's, it's not it's never faced me when people made fun it's never you know because it's like it's all good because like it's, on it's jealousy day, girl most of us are jealous like, <laughs> if anybody's making fun they're just like oh i wish i could have done that <laughs> <laughs> and i really just wanted to to kind of shatter the stereotype because people yeah. It's like, if you're a virgin or remaining abstinent, people think there's something wrong with you. You must be ugly. Right. They, you're walking around in a house coat with fluffy slippers. Like, yeah, people have this total misconception that I really so wanted true. to matter. And so even true. just bring it out because I feel like there's actually a lot of people who are like abstinent or even virgins, but they're so quiet about it because they're afraid yeah. to be made fun of or something. And it's yeah. like, no, y'all, mm -mm. this girl looks good. And she's like, yeah. hey, anything wrong with that? And so, yeah. I love it. I love it. What I wanted to do is shatter that stereotype. And you're doing that, Monique. I'm very proud of you. Awesome you. sauce. Awesome. Okay. So before I let you go, I always love to ask where my people can find you. Cause my audience is amazing and they just love to like make comments. And they're always like, oh my gosh, this was a great interview and all this great stuff. So I want to know, and because I, I am Christian, so I do have a Christian following, um, you know, I have all kinds, but I do have a Christian following. And so where can we, you know, find your book? Where can we find you? You know, do you have okay. social media that we can look at that kind of stuff? Yeah. So my website, which is just my name, moniquedeleon.com. And that is where you can find the book and music, um, you're doing worship oh, and stuff. And then you can connect to the other website where the online courses are. Because what I did was I created online courses that oh, I, I didn't ask you about extract. that. Yeah. That's so right. I basically just extract certain things from the book and expound on it. So if people want deeper teaching um, on a particular topic, like I have a course called Pursuing God Under Pressure, Temptation Under Pressure, oh, that's a good. one called Sex, Spirit, Soul, and Body. And in that course, I talk about it like masturbation, even bringing up oral sex, you know, things like that in this course I talk about, and then a course on the Holy Spirit. And um, so just extracting so certain things and going deeper if people want that. So that's available. So you can just, yeah, for uh, MoniqueDeLeon.com. And then I did like a, a mini podcast, which is like mini teachings, because mine it's 10 minutes or less. And you can find all of that um, on that website. And you can link through that's to the social awesome. media from the website. Yeah. So MoniqueDeLeon.com. That's beautiful. Is your book um, also on Amazon and stuff like it that? Is. Or is it just, okay. All right. So you have your courses on there, which is fantastic. And you have your book and you have worship music, right? Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and the mini podcast, is that something that like, are you on the platforms as well? Or yeah. So okay. I, I do it through Anchor. So you can find Anchor, okay. but I'm also, you can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Great. Chats, radio Cats. Is it just under your name or is there a name to the podcast? Yeah, so the name of the podcast is called Bite Size Insight. Okay, great. So yeah, I'm going to go look so for it and subscribe. Maybe Leon, but then also, yeah, bite-sized insight. And that whole thing is just breaking down certain topics or things in the Bible in smaller doses for people, basically. So that's fantastic. I'm going to make sure to mm -hmm. listen to that. I really, I'm going to go subscribe as soon as we're done here. 
<laughs> thank you so much, Monique, for being here with us today. And thank you for sharing your heart, your love, your story. I I love you. You're infectious. I love you. I think you're amazing. So yeah, I'm so glad you're here. And guys, you heard it. You heard it here. Um, you got to go on her website, which is MoniqueDeLeon.com. And make sure you go on there and check out her course creations that she has, her music, the book. I mean, her podcast, she has a lot going on. So you will have enough content to yeah. keep yourself busy for a little while. So make sure that you guys follow and support this because this is an amazing message that most people are not hearing anymore, but I think we need to. So guys, yeah. thank you so much for being here with us. This is Nina Perez. This is Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. Okay, don't forget to subscribe to our channel. Go ahead and leave a review. Let us know what you think and we'll see you soon. Until next time, make sure that you visit our website at Straight Talk No Sugar Added, where you can subscribe to our show on iTunes and Stitcher or anywhere you listen to your podcast or on YouTube so you'll never miss a show. And while you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or if you simply tell a friend about our show, that would be awesome too. If you like this show, you might want to check out our book as well. It's Hit Me With Your Best Shot, How I Overcame a Hard-Hitting Life. I am Nina Perez, and I am here for you. If you are looking for private coaching, make sure that you email me at hello at straighttalknosugaraddit.com. Until next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.